0: friends. Hope you are flourishing in your life and work this week. Since the last episode, I have launched volume two of the Wisdom Calling devotional series. So I'm super excited about this and I'll be saying a little bit more about this later in the episode. We've actually been on a journey through the devotionals with brief adventures off the trail to focus on some other topics. But this podcast serves as a companion to the devotional series. I launched the podcast in August of last year, and up to this point, I have provided an introduction. That's the uh, first episode. And then started working through the devotionals and the relevant passages of Scripture. As a reminder, the devotionals follow the chronology of the Bible, meaning they start at the beginning in Genesis in the Old Testament, And we'll eventually go all the way to Revelation at the end of the New Testament. They don't necessarily follow the order of the books as they are organized in our Bibles, but rather the events themselves. So, for example, when we start tracking with the life of Moses, we jump over to Psalm 90, which is a psalm that Moses wrote. In episode 2, which is titled the first and ultimate entrepreneur, we consider Genesis 1 and the account of God creating the heavens and the earth and all the implications for our lives and work. Episode 3, which is titled Created to Create, moves into Genesis 2 and the mandate the creator gave to the first humans as image bearers to produce more image bearers. He commanded them and really all of us, to be fruitful and multiply. This command is still binding on every human being today as image bearers of the Creator. We also considered in Episode 3 the fact that you and I are designed to be creators and not just consumers. Episode 4, titled As Gardeners and Guardians, we look further at Human beings' identity and purpose to have dominion over and subdue the rest of creation. It's the role of a gardener who stewards and a guardian who protects and cares for. There are so many implications for each of us in that particular episode. Episode 5, titled Rest, Hustle, and Hurry, which by the way has been the most listened to Episode on the podcast thus far. In episode five, we began a discussion on work and the purpose of rest or Sabbath, which comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. In six days, God worked, and then on the seventh day, He rested or He ceased. We're going to be coming back to this particular topic of rest in later episodes. In episode six, titled Paradise Lost, We consider Genesis 4 and the fall of humanity into sin. And of course, there are many, many implications of the fall and of sin for us today. Episode 7, titled Work as Worship, we considered the story of Cain and Abel, how their work of their hands were to be considered a tangible means of worship to God. Episode 8, Work as Renewal. We move forward in the biblical narrative to the time of Noah and his family and how advanced in violence and wickedness the culture was at their time. We considered the global flood and how God used Noah and his family's work on the other side as a means of renewing the earth. In episode 9, I provide a general overview of the Wisdom Calling devotional series and volume 1 in particular, Then, that took us up through the holidays and the end of 2022 and considering a new year and resolutions and setting goals, etc. And episode 10, titled, How to Be Mindful of God When Setting Goals, we took one of those side trail adventures to consider this important topic. You might be in a season right now. Regardless of the time of year where you are considering a transition or what's next for your life or career, I would encourage you to go back, listen to episode 10, as well as read the blog that's based on this topic, which is on the website, wisdomcalling.org. In episode 11, we then pick back up in Genesis with the Tower of Babel with an episode titled Babel Incorporated. That ancient city and the tower has become a timeless and universal representation of man's quest to become like God, to be autonomous. Babel is even commonly associated with our current hedonistic, individualistic culture today. In episodes 12, 13, and 14, I took another brief detour to consider Proverbs 8 in a three-part series titled, Why Did Wisdom Laugh? It's a fascinating discussion from Proverbs 8 of the personified wisdom who was present by God's side during creation, like a master workman. Wisdom was involved not only in creating the universe, but also in sustaining it day by day. So that brings us to episode 15, where... We're going to pick back up in Genesis as we consider devotional number nine from the Wisdom Calling devotional series in an episode titled, Going Without Knowing. What does it mean to actually believe in God? What does that look like in our everyday lives? What is vision and how do we cultivate vision? So we're going to be taking a deeper look at these questions as we shift from Noah to one of his sons, and eventually to Abraham, so stick around. In Genesis 12, the historical narrative shifts from a general survey of history to the specific family of Shem, a family that would later generate the chosen people of God, Israel, This is where we have the term Shemites or anti-Semite or anti-Semitism that's in common usage today. There were 10 generations from Adam to Noah and then 10 more generations from Noah to Abram. The text states that Abram's father took him and his family from Ur of the Chaldeans, that's modern day Iraq, which at the time was a highly cultured urban context located in the region of Babylonia. This was a region that Nimrod initially developed, and we consider this in Genesis 10 and 11, also in the devotional Babel, Incorporated. From Ur, Terah led his family to settle in Haran. That's modern-day Turkey. It was from there that Terah would die, leaving Abram the full responsibility for his family and all of their possessions. It was also from Haran that the Lord, Yahweh, singled Abram out to start his own journey, another journey. It would be a journey south to the land of Canaan, but it was also a broader journey or a broader mission to establish a new people group a new nation. Abraham was 75 years old at that time. Now here was the mission Yahweh gave to him, which we read about in Genesis 12. Now Yahweh said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's Genesis twelve one through 3 So Yahweh called Abram to believe in him and his promise to be willing to give up his personal identity and security in order to be a conduit of blessing to a new people and even the international community that they would interact with. So with all human support largely removed, Abram had to forsake all and follow, exchanging the known for the unknown. He was to simply go even though he didn't specifically know where he was going. Going without knowing. In the passage, we see Abram catch the vision that the Lord had given him. And he responded in faith to his promises by obeying him. Abram heard, he saw, he believed, He obeyed. Abram led his family to the land of Canaan, and after some time, that region was devastated by severe famine, so much so that that Abram decided to lead his family down to Egypt, where there was water and fertile ground. The vision of blessing was still in place, but would soon be put to a significant test. When calculating the potential threat involving his wife and the Pharaoh, Abram trusted in his own intuition. He compromised his moral integrity with deception and he allowed fear to take control, all apart from the Lord. And in the end, it took a series of God-ordained plagues to remedy the situation and to get them safely out of Egypt and back to the land the Lord had promised. God intervened once again and demonstrated his faithfulness, even against the backdrop of Abram's compromise. So I want to talk about vision for a moment and some steps that you can take to cultivate vision in your own life. Leadership author and pastor Andy Stanley defines vision as a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. I'll read that again. Vision, as defined by Andy Stanley, is a clear mental picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it should be. So in this passage in Genesis 12, the Lord gives Abram a clear mental picture of what was possible in and through his life And in turn, Abram responded in faith with conviction and courage. What could be was matched with what should be. So here's a question. What is God's vision for your life? You're certainly not called to become the father of many nations, but you are called to become something. What is that for you? Have you heard God? Have you seen his vision for your life? Have you believed his promises? Have you obeyed him? What is it that God has placed deep within you that he wants to give birth to and and to cultivate and to use to be a blessing to others? Maybe you had a vision for your life in the past and you never acted upon it. Maybe you experience self-doubt or imposter syndrome or fear. Maybe you started sharing your vision and no one got excited or believed in you. Maybe there's something there and you just don't know where to start, how to begin identifying or even drawing it out. This was probably one of the biggest impediments to you and I fully living in line with what God has called us to do. We simply don't know how to get started. Let me give you an example of cultivating vision from my own life. Back in 2009, I was able to travel to East Africa. I joined up with a group of Americans, mostly from Detroit, who were in Nairobi, Kenya, and we spent four days climbing Mount Kenya, which is the second tallest peak in Africa. That's a whole story and episode by itself. Well, they all went back to the U.S., and I ended up traveling with a missionary to his home base in Tanzania. After several days of staying with them, I ended up traveling across Lake Victoria to Uganda, the Pearl of Africa. I was met by a driver who took me several hours to a town called Tororo. Long story short, I ended up visiting a high school in the middle of nowhere, uh, some uh, an orphanage. I was a guest teacher at that high school and ended up meeting a young man named Oscar who was wearing a Philadelphia 76ers t-shirt under his white button-up school uniform. Of course, back in 2009, Oscar might have been the only Sixers fan left on the planet. But through that interaction and some dialogue over the coming year, I organized a team from my church in Philly to travel back to that area in the summer of 2010. Oscar and his friends actually met us at the local hotel where we were staying when we arrived. Through that time, my relationship with Oscar began to grow and I learned more about his background. His father was actually killed when he was a little boy by a regional warlord. That left his family more destitute than what they already were. But Oscar developed an entrepreneurial spirit and he desired to open his own business as well as continue on with his education after high school. He asked if I'd be willing to help him narrow down his ideas and choose a business and then work through the planning and the launch of that business. Part of our due diligence was to actually research what other organizations were in his area that might be able to help, such as Opportunity International and World Vision. But after interacting with them, we realized that he wouldn't really qualify for any of their programs, so I decided to lean further into this situation and conducted more research. In the end, we started a poultry farm together called God Cares farm. I could go into much more detail of what has transpired since 2010. Maybe that's for another episode as well. But what I did do as a result was to begin cultivating vision around this opportunity and partnership. I decided to start a nonprofit ministry organization called Grace Seed, which is still in existence today, to partner with entrepreneurs like Oscar and have since worked with many there in Uganda and also in the Dominican Republic and other locations. My point in sharing this with you is that you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have prior experience in what God is leading you to be involved with. You don't have to have it all figured out at the beginning. You don't have to start a full blown nonprofit organization. But you should take steps to fan the flame that God has put in your heart and mine. So I encourage you to allow God, even this week, to provide you with a clear mental picture of what could be for you and then provide the fueled conviction to begin acting upon it. Acting upon it and cultivating vision might simply be sharing it with a handful of trusted advisors. Start researching others who might be doing something similar. It might be a new business. It might be a new ministry initiative through your church. It might be simply stepping out of your comfort zone to be more involved in serving the homeless in your community or a crisis pregnancy center. I would be thrilled to be considered a resource along the way. So please reach out to me so that we can discuss what that is for you. Yes, you don't know what it all means or where it will lead. That's the whole point. Going without knowing. Well, thank you again for listening today. If you find this episode helpful or interesting, would you do two things? Number one, would you share it with a friend or a colleague? And number two, would you take just 30 seconds to leave a rating? Also, I want to remind you about the Wisdom Calling devotional series that I referenced at the beginning. These are daily readings designed as a guide through your Monday to Friday work routine, And they follow the chronology of the Bible, meaning they start in Genesis 1 and will eventually go all the way through to Revelation, following the timeline in which the events actually took place. The first 60 devotionals, which is Volume 1 and Volume 2, are available on the website as well as on Amazon. Volume 2 just came out and it picks up in 1 Samuel 16 with young David, following the sheep and takes us to his coronation as king of israel then 40 years later to him passing the baton to his son solomon along the way we are looking for wisdom we're seeking it out so that we might apply it to our own lives and work today so for example in volume two we talk a lot about wisdom and leadership development facing fear The source of our confidence, profit sharing, skill development, wise counsel, the brevity of life, and so many other topics as they come up in the passages. So make sure you pick up a copy of those devotionals if you haven't already. They are only $9.99. I've tried to make these as affordable for you as possible. And by the way... The devotionals are available in Kindle version and there are discounts if you order 10 or more copies. So reach out to me if you have any questions. Well, that is it for now. Thanks again for tuning in. May you flourish in all that you do this week as you fear God and cultivate his wisdom in your life and work. Until next time, Grace and peace.